What's going on, everyone? I'm Paul from the Low to High Podcast, and in this week's episode, I interview the number one player in all of college lacrosse, Michael Sowers. Michael's from Upper Dublin, Pennsylvania, where he chose to play his college ball at Princeton University, where he shattered every single record imaginable in the program. At Princeton, Michael was a four-time All-American, T. Wharton Award finalist, and was Division I Player of the Year this past season. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Michael's historic senior season was cut short. Michael, along with many other Ivy League seniors, were not allowed to re-enroll at Princeton for a fifth year. Michael decided to take his talents down to Durham, North Carolina to play under the legendary coach Don Donowski and the Duke Blue Devils for one last season. The entire lacrosse world has their eyes on Michael and his teammates at Duke this year as they have a loaded team with talent from top to bottom and they are the clear favorites for winning the national championship this upcoming season. Michael and I talked about his mindset going into a lacrosse game, who he emulated his game after when he was young, and a whole lot more. Make sure to go follow Michael on Instagram at Michael2Sowers. Now, without further ado, get ready to learn about one of the greatest college lacrosse players of all time. Michael Sowers. Legend has it. He puts hot potatoes in the soles of his cleats, and that's why his feet are so quick. Mike, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, where are you right now? Are you home? So I am home in Philadelphia, currently at my mom's house. Uh, just been chilling out for the last two weeks. That's awesome. Uh, so you're a Philly guy. What's your uh, what's your favorite cheesesteak spot? I know I got mine in my in my head. I, I gotta I gotta ask a real Philly guy what their favorite cheesesteak spot is. It's definitely a preference thing. Like some people will say like slice, some people go chopped. I like Steve's Prince of Steaks in Center City. Um, but the, the, the other good one is Del Sandro's, which is probably about 15 minutes from me. So that's a money one. That's good. I, I was going to say from the times I've been in Philly, me and my dad always go to Tony Luke's. Yeah. Solid spot for sure. That's a great time. I mean, they have really greasy, they have really greasy cheesesteaks, but it's always, always hits the spot. I always take down two when I go there. I heard, I've heard John's roast pork is like the best one to go to in Philly. That's like no one really knows about a lot that, uh, but like either Delisandro's or John's roast pork are like the two top ones. For sure. I actually, I, I have to, I've never had John's roast pork, although it's like legendary. Uh, I, I haven't really, I mean, outside of Gino's Pat's, Delisandro's and Steve's, I haven't had any of the other famous spots. So definitely like a bucket list thing just to hit, uh, hit all the main spots. For sure. Are you a Wizwit or a Provolone? Yeah, was wet for sure. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. So, since it's Christmas in a couple of days, uh, what are some of your favorite Christmas movies that you like to watch around the holidays? Um, so my personal favorites would be Home Alone and Home Alone Two. Thank uh, you. Saw it finally. Everyone says Elf. It's Home Alone is the nah, best Christmas movie. No, I agree, dude. Uh, those are definitely my two favorite. And then uh, our family tradition is like. One night, usually before, like week leading up to Christmas or something, we'll watch uh, uh, Christmas Vacation, which uh, mm-hmm. is a classic. That is a classic. I think I think Home Alone has to be Home Alone has to be the best. It's just it's like you can't you can't beat Home Alone. It has everything in it. Has great actors. Yeah. Has a great plot. And like I know Elf, Elf's great movie, but like Home Alone just hilarious. I agree, dude. I, I, me and my brother were actually watching it the other day. I, I think it's the best too. I got to put that on tonight. It's either that. I think my favorite cartoon one has to be Charlie Brown Christmas. I think it's always, always a solid one to put on like Christmas Eve. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Money. hundred percent. So Mike, let's start off with a couple of basic questions. So where are you originally from? So I am from Philadelphia. Uh, specifically, I, Upper Dublin, PA, lived all over Upper Dublin, um, and uh, grew up here my whole life. Never, never moved outside the uh, school district. So uh, yeah, local Philadelphia guy. Local Philly kid. So when did you uh, start getting into lacrosse? So my dad was actually a coach growing up. So uh, I joined, or I started playing probably when I was like four, four or five years old. And for as long as I can remember, I had a stick in my hand, was playing some kind of sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you play for any club teams or any rec programs uh, in your town? So I played for um, two different, when I, when I started, I played for 
the township that my dad coached at at the time, which was Hepro Horsham. So I started with them and then around fourth grade, I jumped over to Upper Dublin. And then I, I didn't start playing club lacrosse uh, until like sixth grade, I think it was, which I know for people now, like that sounds pretty foreign. But uh, for me, like my dad never let me play club. He always wanted me like summer team, focus on football, play basketball, go to the beach, just have fun. Like, you know, put your stick away for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of like one of the other best players to ever do it. Uh, Pat Spencer wouldn't pick up his stick in the summer. He'd strictly play, play basketball and that kind of helped translate to other aspects of his game, why he was always like so athletic and like so good at dodging. So I'm assuming that also really helped to become almost shape of a player, uh, shape the player that you were today. For sure. I mean, I think that, you know, playing other sports is just as important as going out and practicing lacrosse I mean so many of the skills are so transferable footwork's transferable um so you just learn so many aspects of of sport that you get playing other things that you then can bring into lacrosse that you wouldn't get just playing lacrosse yeah for sure for sure so uh what what did you say your top sports were it was lacrosse basketball and football right did you play anything else yeah no just those three I mean early on I played uh Played baseball a little bit, um, swam a little bit, although I'm a terrible swimmer, and played soccer early on in like kindergarten. But then other than that, uh, just went the football route. And high school, did you play basketball or was it just football and lacrosse? I played basketball actually uh, for our church league, um, which, uh, yeah, we, I played throughout middle school and then just in terms of lifting and getting ready for lacrosse, like became a little bit too much that I wasn't able to to really fully commit to it. So I ended up playing for the church league and uh, we had a blast and stayed uh, Philadelphia champs senior year, state final four. So yeah, we were, we were showing out for sure. That's awesome. So when you were growing up, who were some of your favorite athletes could be in the sport of lacrosse or some guys like that you watched on the professional level, professional level, who do you think that would be for you? Favorite athletes. uh, I mean, Kobe was always one. I always loved Kobe, Philly guy, Lower Marion High School. Um, and, and, and I also loved him because, like, you know, he's an insane athlete, but he's not like LeBron. You know, he dominated through his skill and his will. Uh, and I thought that that was always awesome. And then the other one was Mike Vick, uh, you know, watching him first for the Falcons, just literally get the ball and just run some of the things that he would do on the field. Like, you just didn't see that. And then when he came to the Eagles, uh, after he got out of jail, you know, he just kind of, you know, reinvented his his game and just was a different person and the way he repre- represented himself in the city uh, and the way he played, like, you know, he was just like the man. I was like, that guy's awesome. Yeah, 100%. Did you, um, in football, did you play uh, like wide receiver, running back or cornerback? So I actually played quarterback growing up, quarterback from third through seventh grade. And then similar thing with basketball, you know, like summer commitments start coming around. And just with me playing uh, lacrosse over the summer by that point, I wasn't really able to commit to it fully. So I ended up moving to wide receiver and uh, cornerback and, uh, you know, had, had a great time, loved football so much. So it was a blast and then played all, all four years in high school. And, you know, every fall comes around and I still miss it for sure. Yeah, it's what a lot of lacrosse because lacrosse and football are so alike in so many different ways that a lot of a lot of great football a lot of great lacrosse players and a lot of great football players both played both sports and I feel like everyone that I've spoken to who also played football always says like they always miss that feeling like that fall feeling especially like when it comes late August and you're getting like it it's like the time when you were getting ready for uh getting ready for double two a days like I missed my two a days this year because of COVID but like I like remember that feeling of like getting up early in the morning and mm-hmm. going like meeting all your friends for more like uh, morning meetings and like that stuff that like you really do miss. For sure. For sure. No, I mean, there's nothing better than that stuff. And, you know, sorry to hear you get, you didn't get the senior season because I mean, for me, those were some of my best memories were, uh, you know, playing with your best friends that you grew up with on Friday nights, you know, going through summer, playing into the winter, uh, playing games in December where it's like, you know, 15 degrees out, you know, practicing on Thanksgiving. Like those are, those are some of the best memories. 
Yeah, stuff you're never gonna stuff you're never gonna forget, especially like Thanksgiving football with your friends is always like a big for like, sure. you know, a lot of people didn't get to do, but Thanksgiving football is always like a huge staple for kids that you played with, especially if your season ended earlier, like if you ended in November, then you get that like one last hurrah with your teammates. Yep, spot on. So um where did you play uh where did you play in high school? I went to uh Upper Dublin High School, local public school. Uh, which was, you know, great, great for me. Awesome experience. Uh, we had a, a great core group of guys that all played football and lacrosse. Um, so we kind of all went in together. And as freshmen, I think we had on our team like seven freshmen uh, of the 10 starters start, um, which was awesome. And then we kind of went through, went through the ranks together. And then similar thing in football, you know, we had uh, a lot of us started as sophomores. I think we had like, you know, six starters on, on the defensive side of the ball who were sophomores. So, you know, the same core group of lacrosse guys played both sports. Um, so, you know, when you're playing with your best friend, your best friends and, and playing for your town, like, you know, it was just an awesome experience. Yeah, 100 percent. And to follow that, where do you play currently? I am currently at uh, Duke University playing. Awesome. Uh, playing for my grad year. Awesome. And so let me transition to our next question. So to incorporate the name of the podcast, Loda High, I'm going to give you a two question, uh, two part, uh, two part question. So the first one I'm going to ask you is what have been some of your lows while playing lacrosse? It could be a mispassed, a bad game you lost, an embarrassing moment on the field. What do you think that would be for you? Uh, low, low moment for me in lacrosse uh would probably be I always go back to this but um my junior year we uh we lost in like the the second round of playoffs a year where you know we all thought we would win the state championship and we kind of got embarrassed a little bit and the entire Princeton coaching staff had come down to watch the game and that was uh one of the the few point the few games in in my career that I can remember that I didn't score single points and do anything, probably turn the ball over like eight times. And, uh, you know, it was just super embarrassing and, you know, just a terrible feeling. Um, but eventually, you know, kind of was able to turn it around that summer. And uh, to go right off that question, what have been some of your highs while playing lacrosse? Could be a sure, big uh, win or yep. like a crazy goal you've had. Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, you know, one, the, you know, my print, my career at Princeton, I feel like, you know, it was just a blast. Um, but I would say the uh, winning the gold medal with Team USA uh, was a pretty cool experience. Just, uh, you know, it was a pretty grueling process going through, you know, five different tryouts and then going up to, to Vancouver, British Columbia and, you know, being down eight to two at halftime to the to the Canadian team who were, you know, awesome and coming back and winning the whole thing. It, that was one of the, uh, the coolest lacrosse experiences I've had for sure. Yeah. I could, I can imagine that. That seems awesome. Winning a gold medal. Not a lot of people can do, not a lot of people can get that. When you were young, who did you try and emulate your lacrosse game after? Uh, man, like every college player, like I would, uh, I would just watch college games. I'd be like, man, I want to do that right there. Um, but for me, it was, uh, you know, I loved all the Philly guys. Like Joe Sankey was like one of my idols growing up, being a little guy, watching how he played, how he rode, how tough he was. Jordan Wolf with his speed, his jump shot, um, you know, his, his one cut ability. It's like, man, I want to do that too. And then, you know, as I got older, watching guys like Rob Pinnell and what he would do with the question mark and, you know, just how strong he was at the island. So that was all stuff that I wanted to emulate um, and things that I wanted to kind of in incorporate into my game. And, uh, you know, I definitely worked on those things, but, uh, you know, having stuff like YouTube and, and uh, you know, watch ESPN, you can watch those games anytime. So, you know, I spent my, my whole childhood in high school just watching lacrosse games. Um, were you a big guy? Like if you had a computer on you in middle school or high school, like first thing you would do is like, if you were like doing a group project and like you got, you got your hands on a computer, who was like the first highlight tape, uh, name, put a uh, name that you put in and start watching their highlight tape. Probably Pinnell, probably Rob Pinnell. Uh, he's got like four or five different 
little segments on YouTube that I used to just like watch religiously. One from his senior year, uh, I think it was 2013 highlights. Yeah. Uh, the the year they lost to Duke in the semis. That I I mean I can tell you the sequence of that entire film. Yeah, that's um that's a big thing that a lot of which is really awesome that like a lot of lacrosse community that we've all had that experience with uh if you were a big lacrosse fanatic we've all had that experience of like you know you're in class and you just like you're so eager to go out to practice or just play lacrosse that you just start watching stuff like if you're in the middle of social studies class like just like putting on one like you remember one name and you're like that a, like a crazy highlight tape i remember mine and me and my me and my friends would watch uh chris walker who plays at georgetown the mm-hmm. He he has like a two hundred thousand view highlight tip that we always used to put on during like during lunch and we'd always like make that's sound awesome. effects. We used to make sound effects in the back. So I like that's awesome to see that that's still like that happened way before like I was I was in high school and like that um, people were still watching highlight tapes like when you were when you were in high school as well. For sure, for sure. Um. So during your uh, summer ball days, you know, going into like junior year, senior year of high school, what was your recruiting process like and why'd you end up uh, choosing Princeton? So back when I was getting recruited, it was uh, 2013, I guess it was. And uh, the summer of 2013 and, you know, colleges were recruiting when guys were freshmen, which was crazy for me. Uh, I remember showing up to fall tournament my freshman year um and like seeing these coaches on the sideline and being like this is crazy like there's coach Petramala and coach Tierney at Denver you know um so kind of fast forward throughout that fall and throughout that summer um you know like I I definitely heard from a good amount of schools but uh you know didn't receive a ton of interest from spots mainly down to to Princeton and Georgetown and then um you know I ended up picking Princeton for you know, the academics, the story, the cross program, but also the fact that it's only like 40 minutes from my house. So gave my family the opportunity to come up to every game, watch me, you know, I was able to shoot home on the weekend. So um, that, that definitely was huge throughout my career. Like just being able to have them with me the entire time. Yeah, you're for sure. Like a lot of, if you were to like go to a school that wasn't so close, like if you're living up in Massachusetts and you go down to like, and you're going to school in Duke, it's tough for like, if you want family members to come see your game, they can't really come that often. So that's cool that you had like, that you had that hub right near you that you got your friend, like even your friends and your family to come, come watch your games. And it was only 30, 40 minute ride from where you were. Yeah, no, it was awesome. So uh, going into your, so end of your senior year of high school, you get named to go to the Under Armour All-American Games, but you didn't play. So you, cause you were, uh, you had, uh, wanted to go play for you, not the U19 team for Team USA. Uh, what was that experience and experience like? It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, the, that, that was one of the coolest lacrosse experiences I've, I've had just because like I said, you know, it was, such like a grueling process try, trying out the summer going into my senior year that fall my senior fall uh, my senior winter you know we had a, a summer trial as well right before the games and then we shipped out to the University of Washington for six days before driving up to Vancouver and it, it was just a really long process and for me as a high school guy it was a really eye-opening experience just because you know it, for me for the longest time lacrosse was always just show up on game day and play, you know, and like whatever happens, happens. And that experience taught me so much about the game and about myself where, you know, it's, it's so much more than that. It's about, you know, putting in the work Monday through Friday to, to let the results on Saturday take care of themselves. And, you know, also just, you know, something as small as like everybody being uniformed, going to breakfast and making sure you're in your room at the right time, being at a team meeting five minutes early, showing up and taking an ice bath with, with the trainers, you know, there was just so many little aspects of the game that I was never exposed to until I got out to, to British Columbia. Um, and, and then on top of that, obviously winning it was just such a cool experience. Do you think like that, the strictness that, that you were showing during that like time at uh, team USA helped prepare you for college? Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, um, 
it, it was definitely the best thing that, that could have happened for me from a preparation standpoint, just because, like I said, I mean, you know, that was pretty much a college experience when I was in high school, uh, not just the, the playing style and how fast the game moved, but more so, you know, the off the field experience. And so I think that going into Princeton, then I had a little bit of an understanding how a college program was going to be run both on the field and off the field. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you, uh, you arrive at Princeton, uh, your freshman year, uh, what were you trying to contribute to a, to a program that had been shaky for the past couple of years? I mean, at that point, whatever I could, you know, I didn't know, uh, you know, I playing time wasn't guaranteed by any means. I mean, we had a, a lot of good attackmen on the roster and throughout that fall, you know, I was really kind of fighting for playing time, uh, fighting to, to squeeze into the lineup. And so, you know, I, I didn't really know like what it would, what, how much I would contribute come the spring, but um, you know, I just tried to work as hard as possible and whatever way I could, I could help us, you know, that's what I was hoping to do. <clears throat> were there any parts of your game that were like raw or almost still needed a lot of work on that like you have polished down now? For sure. I mean, I would say my entire game, like, I, you know, in high school, it was, it was really different uh, just because the, the speed of the game is so different and the offense is so different. And there's so many, so many little nuances at the college level that you really don't realize until you get there. And so for me, it kind of took the entire, entire fall to figure those out and really, exemplify the things that I didn't do well and like you know as simple as coming around the goal and shooting you know I was used to having all the time in the world coming around and shooting and now all of a sudden you have to do it from a low angle with somebody on your hands you know it's just a little difficult so for me that was stuff that I just kind of had to adjust to um, and you know with the help of the coaching staff and some of the upper class and you know I was I was able to do it and and the transition into the spring was, was relatively smooth. Uh, but it, it was, you know, bad, very thankful to those guys for helping me kind of get through that early stage. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, yeah, I, I could, I could, uh, I could understand that. So uh, freshman, sophomore year, you have back-to-back 80 point seasons. You're a two-time all American. You have a bunch of accolades for Princeton. You set the season, single season record for points twice the lacrosse world didn't really know who you are. And then, you know, beginning of your junior year, the Paul Carcaterra documentary comes out through X. So having that, like, almost expose your game to the entire lacrosse world, how do you think that affected your play in any way? Um, you know, that that specific doc, uh, you know, not not a ton. I mean, it was great to, to do it with Clark, and he's such an awesome guy. Um, but for me, you know, it was cool because I think people got to see some of, uh, you know, the nuances to my game and, you know, what I did well, as well as some of the things that I didn't do well when I first got to campus, as Coach Mads kind of explained, and just some of the things that I've had to work tire- tirelessly on to, to get to a position where I can really help the team. Um, and I think that that's what's cool about the doc is it, it talks about, you know, some of my strengths as well as, you know, a lot of my weaknesses that, I've kind of had to develop over time things that I, I, I still struggle with. I still am kind of developing, you know, to this day. Do you think it's cool to like look back on like seeing like a version of yourself from two years ago and like being able to like pick apart some stuff that you still like that now that you've worked on and like seeing back, seeing back uh, when that first was recorded is kind of uh, almost not like the study film, just like to see how different of a player you were. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that it's awesome because, you know, like, like you said, you kind of, uh, now that, you know, removed and, and hindsight's twenty twenty. it's like, you know, I, I realized that, you know, the things that I had to work on and that I eventually got better at. And now also the things that I need to continue to get better at and the things that I, I, I need to continue to work on. So uh, it's definitely, it's definitely something cool to look back on. And I'm sure that when I, when I'm older, it'll be, you know, it, it'll be even more significant as I get older. Yeah, definitely. Something that you could show to people because it's always going to be so, something that's always going to be around. For sure. So like through like your fresh, like your freshman or junior year, what 
parts of your game do you think you develop the most? I would say, um, you know, one, just understanding the game. Uh, that was one of the things that I originally had to adjust to early on was just, you know, really understanding where slides were coming from, how defenses moved, how my teammates moved. Um, and then also just kind of, you know, expanding my game in terms of dodging and, and shooting coming around the goal and shooting from different angles, being able to expand myself, uh, shoot up top. Those were all kind of things that, you know, over time with the help of the coaching staff and the help of my teammates, like, I was able to develop and I certainly can continue to work on them, but uh, all things that, that were uh, definitely main priorities in, in those first couple of years. Yeah, definitely. So do you think like you've become an all around, like almost an all around player that like if your coach needed you to like run through the midfield line, cause you guys were down midfielders, like you could come to the call and try and create this, like, even though you like you work from X, you could help create a, create some uh some pressure coming from like coming from up top you know I would definitely like to think so um and you know those are one of the reasons like you work so hard is that so you know if there is that empty spot in the midfield and coach needs to plug you in you know it's it's an easy fit if they need a crease guy you know I want to be able to do that if they if we need a shooter you know I need to be able to do that so just kind of expanding your skill set to the point where you, you really can plug in and play anywhere, play any role at any point in time uh, to mm-hmm. obviously help the team. If you didn't have, if you didn't, if you could play any other position besides X attackman, what do you think it would be for you? Uh, I think D mid, I would take my chances as a D mid. Uh, I tell, tell people all the time, um, you know, if I was a, uh, a class of 2018, I think I could have been a Division One defensive midfielder. I stand by that. I think I think I could. That's awesome. Not a you don't see yourself as a goalie or a fogo. Nah, definitely not. Definitely not a goalie. I would never step in there. Those guys are those guys are psychos. Everyone Crazy. knows lacrosse goalies are the craziest people of all time. Crazier than hockey goalies because hockey goalies you get a smaller net and you got so much padding. Lacrosse goalies like maybe they'll wear a cup depends on depends on depends on how lucky they're feeling what a type of day so definitely definitely wouldn't want to step in goal no never that's not me man so um you know end of your junior year your first team all-american you got a 90 point season on your belt and you're toward and ward finalist but you still went seven and seven at princeton do you ever think in the back of your mind that you might have made the wrong choice with choosing princeton and maybe you might have been considered like wasted talent uh, definitely not. You know, I knew for us, and, and I know that anybody in the locker room would say the same thing. Uh, we knew we were right there. And, you know, we knew that that everybody, myself included, needed to just bring a little bit more and commit a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I think that every single year going into the year, you know, we were confident in the group we had. And, you know, it's just the reality of college lacrosse. It's so competitive nowadays that, uh, you know, if you're not at the top of your game every single day, it's like you're probably going to lose. So, you know, we knew that that coming out of out of junior year that, uh, you know, if we just committed a little bit more and we all just worked a little bit harder, you know, good things were going to happen. And it started with that summer uh, and, you know, then that fall. Uh, it was just it was just a commitment thing. And like I said, you know, we, we were confident in our group. I know you know, to a lot of people outside the locker room, they had kind of written us off, but uh, you know, that didn't matter at all. So we were confident in ourselves. Did you have like, after your junior year, did you have like going into the summer when you headed home, did you have like a very strict workout regimen that you wanted to keep for yourself just to make sure that you were doing as much as possible for the upcoming season? For sure. I mean, you know, being back in Philly, I, I kind of get back on my routine, get to work with some of my trainers you know, live with some of the local guys, shoot with some of the local guys, uh, which is great. You know, for me, I've kind of had a similar routine since I was a junior in high school and working with the same guys, shooting with the same people, which has been great because, you know, you go and you get great coaching uh, at school and you play with, you know, your teammates that just kind of elevate your game. And then you fall back on, uh, you know, your regimen at home. And, and, and it's a similar process where, you know, you go home and you, you continuously get better. You go back to school, you know, you re- reevaluate. So, you know, I went home, was able to get on a great routine with 
know, some great coaches. And I, I think that that summer really set me up for that fall. Mm-hmm, for sure. So going forward to uh, beginning of 2020, beginning of 2020 season starts, you know, everyone knows who Michael Sowers is, but nobody knows who Princeton is. You know, you have a huge chip on your shoulder. You're trying to prove to the world that, you know, Princeton's the real deal. So what's, uh, what's like going through your, you and your teammates' minds uh, before your first game? Um, you know, for us, it, it was kind of, uh, you know, it's funny, like it, for us, I think it was like, we're not, we're not really trying to prove anything here. You know, like we, like I said, we were very confident in the work that we had put in starting in the summer and then into the fall and over the winter and over the course of January, you know, we were co- very confident, um, in, in what we did. And so, you know, we kind of got to that point in February where it was like, you know, everybody had the same mindset. It was like, you know, what we just did, you know, we just worked as hard as we possibly could. We just had an awesome off season, you know, the best off season we possibly could. And now, you know, whatever happens, happens. If we go, oh, and five here, uh, you know, then we'll, f- we'll figure it out later because we know that, that that work will eventually pay off somewhere, you know, and if we go five and oh, same thing, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily worried on about the results uh, as much as we are just continuing to get better. And I think that, you know, that mindset that one week at a time, we're just going to continue to get better, you know, really helped us because, you know, it was just, okay, Monmouth is first, we're going to focus on Monmouth. Then we turn around and play Colgate on a Tuesday uh, you know, we got to take care of them. And then we got UVA on Saturday, you know, we'll deal with that after Colgate, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that just one game at a time mentality on top of, you know, we're going to get better every single day, uh, you know, just really propelled us into that season. See, that's really interesting that you told me, because I would have never thought that I thought like before I spoke to you that you were solely determined to, uh, like, completely dominate Kyle's across like you and your teammates Princeton like especially with Princeton going on the run that they did that all you guys wanted to do was domination like now here in that that's really interesting on how you know success is really like success works in all ways just going one at a time just it's about making progress you know maybe it doesn't progress isn't always in the win column but progress you know, just shows within like you and your teammates practicing every single day so that's really that's really interesting that you that you bring that up yeah for sure so first two games that you play complete blowouts and did you uh, did you realize during your Colgate game that you ended up with uh 16 points uh not really um you know it was just one of those things where uh you know you're just kind of playing and things are flowing and uh you know in the, the a lot of those points just kind of happened in the flow of the game and in the flow of our offense and you know it's a credit to to coach Mitch and a lot of the Princeton guys um where, you know, you can have a night like that just in the flow of the offense, you know, not doing anything outside. So I wasn't really thinking about it in, in, in the game. It wasn't until, you know, after and, and you know, the announcer said something that, uh, you know, you, you finally realize you're kind of just flowing and playing. Um, what about when uh, I think the, the clip that took the world by storm was uh, when you, uh, I don't know what to call it, but you had like – yeah, you juked him like 15, like the, the, the defender behind the cage three times and you just threw an easy uh, skip pass right down the middle to Phil Robertson. Did you realize that was going to be a super nice play? Like when you saw it on film? Um, you know, not really. Like I said, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, when you're playing in the moment, it's just like, you're kind of reacting, you're kind of flowing. And uh, you know, we had, once again, like credits our offense. I had gotten like, you know, four or five shorties in a row on consecutive possessions. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's all credit to, to Coach Mitch and what we were doing offensively to kind of create those matchups. And so I think the clock was kind of winding down. And then, uh, you know, I'm just dodging and reacting at that point. And then, you know, I think it was Phil Roberts, Steve, uh, Steve, Jake Stevens made a great cut and uh, finished the ball. So, uh, you know, it wasn't until – uh, you know, all my friends from home and my, and my grandpa's like sending me a clip like eight times, you know, so um, it was cool. It was cool. That's awesome. So week after uh, Colgate, you're headed down to Virginia, you know, the defending champs, number one team in the country, and you're headed into their house. You know, you have, you know, you're going to have the number one defender in the country, Jared Connors is going to be guarding you. And the second you take a step, they're going to be sliding like there's no tomorrow. So how, how did you approach that game, knowing all this stuff in your head? And how did your game plan that your coaches set up help you win that game? 
Um, you know, for one, we had a great, great game plan, uh, and that was on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, and that was a, you know, huge credit to the coaching staff for preparing us the way they did. Uh, but for me personally, you know, it, it's a similar thing. I, you know, I wasn't too worried about any individual matchup. Um, you know, I always feel like in a lacrosse game, you know, just in the flow of an offense and, and how we, we ran our offense, you know, I was only dodging the, the guy that originally covers me like twice, three times a game, you know, and, uh, so for me, it's, it's really just, just playing. It's just going out and playing, you know, I'm not going to overthink my matchup, overthink, you know, their slide package or anything that they're doing. Cause like at the end of the day, it's just a cross, you know, it's six on six, they slide, there's an open guy, you know, if they, if they bring the two, then there's a different open guy. And if they don't slide at all, then, you know, I'm probably going to end up shooting the ball. So I, I just try and think about the game in, in very simple terms and, you know, I don't get too worried about my individual matchup because, like I said, in the flow of the game, you're only dodging your guy two, three times a game. You know, at most, you know, you're going four or five times. And and even then, it's still just the basic, basic game of playing six on six. So, uh, you know, it was uh, it was a great game plan overall. And, you know, we were lucky to execute it for sure. Yeah, 100 percent. So after you guys uh, upset uh, Virginia, what was the. Uh post-game locker room song after the win so we were uh we were down at uva so that was a long bus ride back uh but it it was cool once we got back to campus you know it was like 11 30 at night 12 o'clock at night and you know unfortunately in the ivy league uh you can only travel 32 so we had about 10 10 to 12 guys that didn't travel um and at that point you know 12 p.m you figure that you know they're in bed or, or they're out and uh, all those guys were waiting in the locker room for us. They were waiting on the side of the road when the bus pulled up. So, you know, to see those guys, um, you know, waiting there for us, you know, that meant everything to the team. And, uh, you know, I know to me individually to see those guys was, was cooler than the win itself. You know, I think it showed where the program was at and how much guys cared and cared about each other. So that, that was an awesome experience. Yeah, for sure. You know, just like having that, knowing that you have that support back home when you get back to Princeton, just knowing that yeah. your boys, your boys are there. For sure. So, um, you know, next two weeks you stay undefeated. You end up being the number one, uh, number three team in the country. How did you feel after like four years of tur- turmoil, and then finally started fi- things finally started to click for you and your team? Uh, you know, it, it was kind of like, all right, like we're finally here. You know what I mean? And. Uh, and like I said, you know, I knew that kind of going into the season that, um, mm-hmm. you know, we were going to have a good season, whether we got off to a good a good start or we didn't, you know, just based on the work that we put in and, and the buy-in that we have from the group, you know, it was just different. And uh, I knew that at some point the, the success would come around uh, throughout my four years. Um, but, uh, you know, at that point, it was just, it was a great feeling, but it was, you know, all right, let's turn the page. We just beat Rutgers, beat Hot the week before, we'll, Penn's the next one. That's all we're focused on. And so, you know, I remember going to, uh, to film that Monday and then going out and getting extra shots after with the entire offense. And then Tuesday practicing, uh, doing a light practice, kind of like walkthrough-ish and then getting prepared for Wednesday's practice, which was going to be a little bit more intense. We were watching some film and then obviously that's when everything got shut down. Yeah. So once everything got shut down and, you know, COVID ended the season, like what was some of your initial thoughts going through your mind, even though like, you know, you try to say, take it week by week, uh, day by day, but then like the season just ends the whole. So like you almost you miss it. Like then you start thinking about the season as a whole, like what are some of your thoughts going through your mind after that? You know, it was, uh, it was one of those things, like, it, it sucked, there, there's no doubt about it. Um, but I think that there was kind of that shared experience where, you know, every athlete, every lacrosse player across the country is going through a similar thing. You know, we, we were certainly riding a hot streak. Uh, and we were excited about the, the, the group we had and the progress we made and what we would have done. There's no doubt about it. And I think that you know, that's always going to be something that, that is in the back of our minds. Like, man, if that season plays out, like we really could have done some special things. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a, it's a global pandemic, you know, like there's not much you can do about it. And I think that, you know, when you look and 
people are losing their lives and their businesses. And uh, it, it, you realize that it's much bigger than lacrosse very quickly. And, you know, you realize how fortunate you are that, you know, the only thing that we lost in the whole thing was, was our season, you know, and uh, I think that puts it into perspective pretty quickly. Yeah. I think you're hundred percent right that you have to think of it, you know, at least like, at least you're healthy, at least your family's healthy. That's, that's, what's gotta be the top priority for you and your team, you and your teammates. Cause you know, you can worry about the season after worry about everything after hap- happening once, like once you know, everything's going to be all right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, May, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of schools were letting uh, some of their, te- uh, some of their seniors back for a, uh, for a fifth year, but uh, Princeton and the, most of the Ivy Leagues doesn't allow you guys to come back. You know, the senior class that you came in, that you came with and had been through the absolute grinder with, you know, going through tough seasons, playing four years together, together would be dissolved after playing some of the best lacrosse uh, you guys have played in your entire lives. How did it feel being told that this was going to be your last ride with your boys after everything that you just went through? Um, you know, that, that was difficult too, for sure. Uh, you know, that, that might've been more difficult than, than the actual season getting canceled um, for some of the reasons that, that I said, but uh, you know, right after the season was canceled, it was like, okay, you know, this sucks, but you know, we're all going to kind of run it back next year. And, you know, people were making plans to, to make that happen. And, uh, you know, we were excited about the opportunity. We knew that it was going to be a huge challenge, but uh, you know, I think everybody was pretty excited about that opportunity and, uh, you know, the, the school made the decision that, that we weren't going to be allowed to come back, uh, which was difficult for sure. And, uh, you know, it was tough to, to move on without really being able to close, close the chapter, uh, especially after, you know, you, you put a lot of hard work into something and, and kind of pour your heart into it. Like, it was definitely difficult. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, you know, I've always been a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. There's certainly a bigger plan. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more fortunate to be in the position that I'm in now and, uh, you know, have the opportunity that I have to play another get, to play another year um, in a new place, uh, you know, get another degree and, and play with new guys and, and play for a new coaching staff that, you know, I've certainly learned a ton from, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, hundred percent. Right. You know, just like, even though you would have liked to have played with your, your boys that you've been with, like since freshman year, you know, do you ever think of it as almost like a, um, maybe a hidden gem almost that you guys like after four years, you get, uh, you get to like almost change it up a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's definitely, um, you know, it's, it's tough to, to phrase. Um, kind of like I said, you know, it was, it was certainly disappointing. We didn't get to return to, to Princeton, but, uh, you know, the opportunity to play again um, and learn from a whole new set of people and be a part of, you know, a team again and, and play at the, the collegiate level uh, is certain, certainly something that, you know, I'm extremely blessed for and uh something that i i don't take for granted you know i'm very fortunate for the opportunity for sure definitely so you uh you decide to enter the enter the transfer portal uh i gotta ask was your phone just exploding with texts that first day um it was a little bit it was a little bit it was uh it was a little overwhelming especially because you know, 20 minutes before i entered the portal you know we were still under the assumption that we were withdrawing uh, from Princeton and and we were in the process of like looking for a house off campus and then all of a sudden we get the news and it's like all right well I guess I got to enter the transfer portal ASAP um, and so th- those first couple hours were, were definitely a bit overwhelming but you know I was very grateful for for the outreach and, and all the uh, support that we got. So I saw this thing on a uh, lacrosse page I don't know if you saw it but it was like it was headlined like Mike, Michael Sauer enters the transfer transfer portal, and then it was this uh, this scene from the office where there's a uh, where there's a fire going on, and it's like Michael Scott going like, "Oh my God, it's happening! It's yeah. happening! It's ha- everyone stay calm!" Did you see that? Uh, I I didn't see that exact one, but I know the exact scene. I'm I'm a huge office fan, so it's so yeah, a classic. It was, it was like everyone stay calm, everyone stay calm. It's happening. So I was like. Uh, 
even though like I guess it might have not been like maybe it was a great time for you but like maybe there was like like for the lacrosse community that was did you ever think like the for the lacrosse community that was just such big news that happened um you know for sure and uh you know it was um it was certainly like an interesting process mm-hmm. and uh you know I was um it, it, it was just really unique situation it was it was weird kind of kind of the whole time but uh you know like I said fortunate to be playing again yeah and um you know you enter the transfer portal and yet you uh you decide to uh choose duke what uh what made you choose duke in the end it was really and i was you know super grateful for all the coaches that i reached out um you know just after a little bit it it just was kind of a gut feel that it was like the best best fit for me and when you kind of looked at the academic program um, the fact that my roommate was going as well, one of my best friends in Phil Robertson, um, you know, with the program and the coaching staff, being able to learn from them and being able to play with some of the guys they had on the roster. Uh, and, and on top of that, going to a, to a new place um, in a new state, you know, those were all the kind of factors that played into the decision. And, you know, after kind of just like really evaluating and talking to different schools, like, that just seemed like it made the most sense to me. And after a couple of weeks, I was confident enough that, you know, that was going to be the decision I, I was going to make. And I was happy with it. And so, you know, after like three weeks in the, uh, in the portal, I was able to make the decision. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, you know, heading into August and September, you were going to college, like unfamiliar with you in the middle of a pandemic. Did you ever feel like you were, you know, getting out of your comfort zone a little too much? Uh, you know, for sure, I was definitely out of my comfort zone. Uh, you know, you go from playing for four years with a group of guys and, and getting to know them to walking into a completely new place uh, with completely new guys, completely new system, uh, new campus, you know, everything's new. And, and I think that, you know, when, when you're so used to something, uh, you're kind of like on autopilot, you know, like I knew exactly at Princeton, it was like, I had the same routine every single day. And you really don't think outside of, you know, going on the field and, and in the classroom. And other than that, you're just on autopilot walking everywhere, you know, and your mind's elsewhere and you're just kind of doing your thing. But, you know, in a new environment, like, you know, you're always locked in and, and there's just so many little details throughout the day that you don't even, you kind of forget about you know, something as simple as like, all right, like, how do I even get to the facility? Like at Princeton, we didn't have cars on campus, you know, now I got to take care of my car. And, you know, it's just so many, so many different things that uh, were an adjustment. Um, but it was really thank thanks to the, to the coaching staff and, and the guys on the team more so than anything, they kind of made that transition uh, super smooth. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I could, uh, I a hundred percent understand that. So um, Coach Janowski implemented uh, the Duke Outdoor Lacrosse League. Do you guys pronounce it D-O-L or is it DOL? How do you, what do you guys say? Uh, I, guess the, I guess the general consensus would be D-O-L-L. Um, but I guess it's like a, a personal preference thing. Okay. Because I don't know like what people were calling. I don't know if like the Duke guys were calling it doll or like it was just known as D-O-L-L or just doll as a whole. So I'm going to, yeah. I'm just going to call it D-O-L-L. So, cool. you know, you got to play with some guys uh, in a competitive environment with a bunch of guys that love playing the sport that you love, you know, after all the craziness that happened in the past seven months, what was it like to like find a place where you can separate yourself from everything else going on in the world? Um, you know, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. It felt, it, it was a sort of normalcy that we haven't gotten since, you know, pre-pandemic days. Mm-hmm. And so to be out there competing and just playing and games and stuff, you know, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was, it was great to, to get chemistry with the team and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it was great. So it's a two part question. So number one, do you like pizza? So I do, I, I love pizza. It's probably my favorite food, but since the gluten, uh, since the gluten thing, I haven't really been able to eat it too much. Okay. So we'll go, we'll go back to the Chipotle. So you like, so you like Chipotle. So I'll say 
so as an X attackman, you're usually like the head of the offense. So that would consider like being the, the tortilla of the, uh, of the entire offense. So who do you think like, while, pl- like while playing these first couple weeks uh, at Duke with have been like some great additions to, you, you know, like who's like, who's your rice? Who's your, uh, like, who's your, uh, who's the meat? Who's the chicken? Who's the, uh, who's the queso? Who do you think that would be for you? I know it's a weird, I know it's a weird question, but I, uh, I thought it would be good. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll stay away from, from comparing any of the guys to the food, uh, just in case uh, people get their feelings hurt. But, uh, it was, uh, no, there's, it's definitely been great playing with a lot of mm-hmm. those guys, guys like, you know, Dyson Williams, Joe Robertson playing with Phil again, uh, Brendan O'Neill, and then, and then the midfielders as well. And then, you know, some of the other Tackmen and Camulay and JP. Um, you know, it was a blast playing with them in the fall and, and really being able to develop chemistry both on and off the field. And, uh, you know, I think that that entire fall season is just going to benefit us down the line come the spring. And do you think that built-in chemistry with uh, you and Phil from uh, Princeton is definitely going to help in the long run? Uh, for sure. I mean, you know, me and Phil have been playing together uh, since middle school. And so we're at a point now where you know, he, he kind of knows, uh, I know where he's going to be before he even moves. So um, that's, that's just always, you know, something, something comforting just to know, you know, when he's on the field, I can kind of just throw it in there and he's going to find his way to get it and put it in the back of the net. Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, a guy that you can always count on, especially since you've been playing with him for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for my last question of today, what are you looking forward to most in your upcoming 2021 season? You know, I think just playing uh, without a doubt, just getting, getting back into the routine of, you know, practicing, preparing for games with a group of guys, being in the locker room, hanging out with guys on and off the field, watching film with the team um, and just kind of bus rides with the team, just kind of developing those relationships that, that just naturally organically kind of develop throughout the course of the season. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, with the, the pandemic, uh, you, certain, you certainly realize how fortunate, you know, we were to have that opportunity before. And it certainly won't be something that I take for granted moving forward. Definitely. I think everyone, everyone will not take lacrosse granted or any sport for granted after, after this pandemic's over. For sure. No, I completely agree. Thank you so much, Michael Sowers, for coming on the Low to High podcast. I uh, wish you happy holidays and a good ending to your 2020. And looking forward to watch you play in, uh, at Duke in 2021. My man, really appreciate you having me on. And uh, all the same to you. Stay, stay healthy. Have a great senior year. And uh, thanks again, man. Thank you, man. Have a good day. You too.